Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Well, greetings, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listening Behind the Curtain. Uh, this is a fun one for me to do today because it's like a twofer for me and for you. The second city is one of those gems in Chicago. And currently right now, of course, you can always go to Second City, actually see a variety of, of shows and that kind of thing. But right now, they've got a couple of really great things going on. And uh, uh, one of my guests is sort of a crossover between both, both shows. So uh, we get to talk about two of those shows today. Joining me are Second City stars. Uh, we'll start with Julia Morales, who... I can call Jules, she said. So it's so good to see you. Originally from Houston, a performer, a writer, a director, a teacher, and uh, and just an amazing, uh, amazing star of the current show, which I'll mention in just a second. And also joining us, Evan Mills, who I've actually enjoyed you also in previous shows, Evan, and uh, you are the writer of one of the shows, co-writer of one of the shows we're going to talk about, which is Queer Eye, the parody. And of course, both you guys involved in writing the current main stage show, which is called Do the Right Things, No Worries, If Not. I love it. Welcome to both of you. I appreciate your time. Evan, I know we're pulling you off a beach. Hey, you know what? That is okay. I'm literally staring at the beach while having this um, this interview, so uh, I'm, it's a win-win for me. All right. <laughs> I hope you've got the SP15 or whatever it is you're supposed to be wearing on when we do these things. Totally. And it, you can't see me, but I'm winking. <laughs> and we also we were supposed to be joined by one of your colleagues and friends kylie she's under the weather right now so uh losing her voice so we're not going to push her on that so uh, we're going to proceed with you two guys first of all let's talk about do the right thing no worries if not i have to tell you both look i've seen a lot of second city shows over the years this has to be i don't want to say the best because you know i don't know be wrong but i truly think if it's not the best it's one of the best shows i've ever seen and jules why do I feel that way? Because this thing is really special. Ooh, why do you feel that way? I'm, well, I think you feel that way because of the same way uh, we feel, uh, which is such a great connection amongst the cast. Uh, there's just the genuine respect and kindness that we have with each other that we offer to the audience, too. And um, with this particular show, we're, we bring the audience in with us. We, we want you to have just as much fun with us as we are having with each other. Um, and I don't know, it's, there's so much fun, silly material. Um, but there's also some really good points, uh, points of view, um, that are important to us. And we're all bringing a little bit of our own background into the whole show. So it's, it's, I'm really excited that everyone is receiving it so well because, um, it could totally take a turn, but it's nice to, for people to honor and respect what, what we bring to the table. So, yeah, yeah I, to- I, I, I totally agree. And, and maybe part of it, Evan, is because we're not getting a, a night full of, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but a night full of Trump and Biden and, and politics and whatever. This is really one of the more just laid back, kick back and laugh your butt off kinds of shows without getting all flurried about politics. Oh, totally. I mean, when we were in the, in the writing room together, when we were, in the process of this show, we all just talked about how much um, we, 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 we quickly realized how goofy we all were and how silly and playful we all were together. So like the content we created together was just very fun. And it was very, um, it, it was just, it was from the minds of each cast member 
And then it, with our, with this cast is very much like, I have this really wild idea, go on this ride with me. And all five of us will be like a hundred percent. And then it, it, it really was beautiful how a lot of those scenes just kind of became out of improv or like goofing around with each other. And like, I feel like that's why you get such an incredibly fun show is because we didn't want to touch on anything that, that like, that has to do with like huge things outside. It's like, you're trying to escape into fun for two hours, just be with us in our home and have a great time. And I feel like when you feel us having a good time, it allows the audience to relax and trust us and have a good time with us. Yeah. And, and, you know, this was the second main stage opening I've attended since the pandemic. Well, it has not over, but it's subsided. And, uh, this time it's truly back to normal. Uh, we've got the food and the drink and we, we can sit closer to you on the stage and all that's great. You know, to be honest, I know that the main, if you're in a main stage show at Second City, it means like your next step could be, I'm not jinxing anything, but you know, the SNL stars, whatever, and you guys just have that magic about you. You just do. And for people watching this who may not, be as familiar with Second City. I'm I just going to, I want to just sort of mention just some names of the people who come from Second City because I, I always think people know this, but actually sometimes they don't. So just for fun, uh, you probably know these names, but you've got people like Belushi, John Candy, Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, Chris Farley, Tina Fey, Eugene Levy, Tim Meadows, Bill Murray, Catherine O'Hara, Gilda Radner, Joan Rivers. I can go on and on. Jules, how does it feel to follow in those footsteps? Oh my gosh. Uh, now that you, you're reading off the names and it's so funny because it's such a fresh reminder of who we, you know, we're part of this uh, immaculate group of people that have stepped on that stage and put work on that stage. Uh, it's exciting. It's still, it's still a bit surreal. It's like, oh wow. Yeah. I guess I do fall into that category with these incredible people and I'm just as worthy. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's so exciting. <laughs> I always forget Gilda Radner. I'm like, oh my God, I love her. I, 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 it's just, I know it's amazing, but and I, I mentioned people like Colbert and Carell, just because mm-hmm. even younger people who might be watching this, they know those names, yeah, uh, even nice. if they don't remember some of the ones from the past. And, yeah. Evan, let's talk about Do the Right Thing show, because some of the skits, I have to tell you, you know what, I've got to go back to Jules for this, because the first skit that hits us very early is the Blackbuster, uh, oh, yeah. Blockbuster, Blackbuster skit. Mm-hmm. You, it's pretty close to the opening of the show, as I recall. And I have to tell you, from that moment on, you had me in the palm of your hand. Tell folks what that Blackbuster bit is all about. It is one of the funniest things. And how you open yourself up to the risk of letting the audience throw something at you seems risky, but y'all do it. Yeah, well, um, backstory, I'm a huge movie buff. I love movies. I own over six, 700 movies. Um, I think, honestly, more than that, I just stopped counting. Um, I've been collecting DVDs and at the time VHS back in the day. So love a good movie. Um, And so that came out of uh, just honestly, it was just an idea I had of like, what if, well, I watched the, um, there was a documentary about the last blockbuster ever. I watched that too. Yeah, it's so good. And I was, I was a huge fan of Blockbuster growing up. I wanted to work there. I applied several times. I had a boyfriend who worked there trying to get a job. It was, it's insane. But um, yeah, that idea came out of like, wow, there's so many similarities between um, African-American movies and these uh, non-African-American movies that are kind of forced down our throats, you know, and there's always so many issues within the hall and within Hollywood with uh, casting and so forth. 
and I just I just wanted to introduce to the world, uh, in case they haven't seen some of the movies that are just as comparable and just as good. Now, even though there's a, there's a, the game starts like that, it kind of ends with more of the names playing around with the names going from. One of my favorite when Evan asked me for uh, asked if I have milk, I say have I have juice. Two very different movies, but the names are very <laughs> fun to kind of play around with. And yeah, I love the challenge of uh, welcoming the audience into our blackbuster world, and you know, uh, letting them know that they're here and um, we're going to take care of them. And yeah, give me a movie, and I'll give you a a black movie that we can compare it to. And by the way, is there any risk when you do, I mean, the night, the opening night I was there, I mean, the audience, I think we tossed up one, maybe two names, but is there ever a risk that they're going to throw up a movie name to you? Then you're like, I don't have one. Or are you like ready to go with something? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I stay ready. I stay ready. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been times where I'm like, Ooh, I have not, I think one time, honestly, I did not know. And I was like, Ooh, tell me a little bit about that one. And I'll have them tell me. And then um, we'll find a, we'll figure out a movie that works with it. <laughs> and Evan, you, of course, there's so many bits, but there's a bit you do from time to time in the show where you say, raise your hand. It's a song, raise your hand if. And, yes. uh, and of course, you know, everybody's kind of ready to go. And of course, you got to the point and I'm sitting with my partner and you said, raise your hand if you are Filipino, gay. And he was right with you up until you got to the end. Your parents are divorced. And, and I think that was the last one, right? <laughs> had, had, had to come down uh, for that. But it's just it's just so fun the way you have people kind of like, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. Yeah, um, that song kind of came came pretty early in the in the process because um, it was a it was a song idea that I had of like how can I get to know the audience because we're giving we're giving so much of ourselves to the audience how can I also learn a bit about them and make them feel included in the show so it kind of just became this fun game of like here are things that that are very close and personal to me, but I want to see if other people in the audience also can connect with that. So it's really fun when you ask an audience, like raise your hand if you're an only child. Now keep your hand up if your parents are also divorced. And then every night without fail, there's at least one only child with divorced parents. And it's like for that one moment, that person is like, wow, look, there's someone else who also knows what this feels like. And then I, and then I, you know, throw on the added little whipped cream on top where I say, now keep your hand up if you're gay, Filipino, left-handed, and have a gay dad. And then it's just like, <laughs> boom, gone. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a really fun game that uh, we were able to find. And that comes right after Blackbuster, you know? So we get two very, like, uh, very distinct who we are as a cast scenes right off the top to just make that audience feel very welcomed. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think it was also Filipino. And if you're a nurse or healthcare worker, I think that was in there too. But that's almost a gimme. True. <laughs> I mean, there's always people raising their hands for that. So, yeah. <laughs> right. And they're frontline workers. So we respect them. And Jules, I got another favorite. And this one, this one just kind of hits in it. Talk about when you teach us a lesson. But the scene at Dick's Last Resort, where, right, where the server, misuses or doesn't use they them the pronouns and the whole the whole skit is about the use of pronouns and the the apologia that goes on with the fact that you've messed it up and i've got to tell you that that is so real and and yet very funny the way you all play it but that skit man that has a message yeah it does uh, and it i mean i think it's funny because sometimes we uh will go backstage and be like okay how was that received by the audience um and a lot of that is, I, we're, we're realizing that people are 
really learning or seeing themselves because we, we don't want to, uh, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We're going to say something inappropriate. We're going to, um, and we're trying our best, but the lesson for it is like, Hey, don't, don't overthink it. Like just use they, them and keep it pushing there. You don't have to turn everybody into your hero or make a big, uh, uh, announcement about how great this person is, unless they're just truly a great person because they are a great person, not because of their pronouns. Um, and it hits hard for a lot of people in such a positive way. And uh, that's probably one of my favorite scenes to be in, to be a part of, uh, mostly because I get to play around with Evan. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a fun scene for Jules and I to, to, to just play mother-son and like, while we are clearly secondary characters in that scene, it's just so fun to to be part of that scene. Yeah, yeah. And and again, when I talk about it being real, I mean, I, did, I won't get into the story, but I did an interview once where I thought I was being incredibly gender sensitive to all sorts of things, and and I, I said something which I thought was fine, but then got a call saying, "Can you take that sentence out?" Because uh, apparently it wasn't gender sensitive enough. And um, you know, when you kind of like, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm, not, <laughs> you know, I'm open to all that kind of stuff. But no, you do, you got to get it right. Or so anyway, I just found that really, yeah. really powerful you know, to. I think everybody has good intentions, and I think sometimes we may tiptoe uh, too hard or too far. But you know what? It, a lesson learned. At the end of the day, uh, we're all human, and we're going to learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and keep it pushing. Yeah. And also what a great scene to have on a stage like the main stage, right? It's like, where are you going to get this type of audience that's going to actually sit and, and listen to a scene like this? They're, they're probably around this, but they're, they, they, if they, if they don't want to listen to it, they don't have to, but you're in a theater, you're sitting there. What a great scene to like, to to, like social commentary and like having the people who normally wouldn't be like, what is, what are pronouns? You know what I mean? Like have them exposed to it in a way that after the show, they're going to be like, remember that one scene? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So impactful. Um, and by the way, it's really important, you guys, and Evan, I'll stay with you on this. Really important that the uh, you get play along audience on opening night. You played with a guy in the audience who I still remember named AJ um, and this woman and and, you know, that you, they, they participated. But in the detention scene, I'm trying not to give too much away. I'm, I'm giving people a little bit of a, a flavor here. But in the detention scene, there's a little note passing that goes on and, and AJ came back into play. And what I found really amazing was the fact that there are sometimes audience members who almost can be on stage with you because they just, they're funny. They hit it. And I'm sort of curious, Evan, number one, how like, how is it more likely that people in the audience play along and they're funny? Or is it more likely that they, that they ever drag you down? Like, Oh my God, that's the wrong person to pick. Wow. It is, it is truly 50, 50. You <laughs> never, yep. never know. And every night it's, it's a toss up because if that first person if the first person you give the note to is shy and timid, then then the scene's going to probably go by pretty smooth. And and it, 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 it's funnier because we have to really like push them to like read it. If you've got a ham in the front and you've got someone who's like trying to play along, then it in, then it encourages the second person to also be a ham, and it takes the scene twice as long. But both scenarios gets the audience so energetic and excited. And then it leads you to intermission. So everyone's like, oh, wow, like what a fun thing. But it is fun because it's a scene where we get to interact with audience members every night. 
and you never know what kind of person you're going to get. One time we passed a note to the guy and when EJ caught him, he passed it so far back that it had ended up like six rows back (laughs) and that had never happened before. And the whole audience turned on us in in the way of like, they were like, yeah, we're going to pass this note. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is that, and Jules, is that a good, are there times when you, you're, I mean, again, you're the performers that you do improv, you can deal with it all, but are there times you're going, all right, this is almost like heckling, it's going too far, or is it like, it doesn't matter, as, as long as they're having fun, you all deal with it. This is the great thing about this cast. Everyone is so professional and quick and very witty that they will immediately jump on it and know how to handle it. And I love watching EJ in that scene because he will make it super clear. Well, we can't continue with the scene if you're not going to read the note. And so it kind of gives like a, you know, like a, hey, this is your warning. Like, please read the note. Um, and then there's always some sort of really awesome way of backing that up and finding another alternate. But this class is, this uh, cast, excuse me, is very clever and so smart. And you know what? I sometimes look forward to those moments when they do happen just to see how we're going to work through it. But at the end of the day, we're all working through it together and we have each other's back. So I, we're good. And, and there are times, Jules, let me stay with you. There, there's times during the, uh, for example, the home visit for the school entrance thing. There are times you all crack each other. You seem to be cracking each other up uh, on the stage. So I have to ask, I mean, that's you. Is that you guys being goofy and you really are cracking each other up? Honestly, yes. It, we, I, I, I swear, I find some way, somehow, some way, someone on stage is constantly making me giggle. We make each other laugh because we'll throw improvise. It could be a facial expression or the way we say something. We're like, what? And that's hilarious to us. Um, I, I love trying to make uh, my castmates laugh or through the inflection of my voice or something, because we're constantly trying to keep it fresh. We got to continue to do this show for months and months. So if anything, we got to continue. We, we want to find ways to poke fun or, or play with each other, but the audience is in on it too. They love watching us break. They love watching us be playful with each other and we bring them along for the ride as well. So they love that. <laughs> totally agree. When you guys crack up, I'm laughing even more. Evan, <laughs> let me go to your dual role now because you you co-wrote uh, Queer Eye the parody, which is also playing um, in another on another of the stages. It's that's one's going to play in through August 28th. Whereas, by the way, the Do the Right Thing is is an open run. So hopefully that'll will play for a very very long time. But Evan, here's the thing. You know when we when we see the improv shows, you need the audience and all that, but. The, the Queer Eye show is a different kind of vehicle. It is scripted. Uh, I will say that the night I saw it, my partner looked and, and said, you know, I think I think there's a little improv here. Like, the again, I don't want to give things away, but the bit about the hair, or I shampoo every day, whatever. There's some stuff which, which suggests, no, I think there's improv there. I said, no, I don't think there is. So talk about the difference in writing the scripted show versus improv. And is there improv in Queer Eye? Settle our bet. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with, um, with main stage, right, it's like, um, everything that you saw on opening night, 80% of that was scripted, but it took, it took months to, to script all of that and make it a scripted show. And then of course there's improv elements in there. Um, especially the scenes that are just purely improvised with queer eye. It was a very distinct, uh, this was a two act musical with musical numbers and, and dialogue written specifically for this musical. Um, and so we really utilized preview weekend to do the show use the audience as a tool to help us figure out what's hitting what's not hitting and come back the next day 
and graciously have an, a cast accept rewrites and new scenes on the fly and insert them so that way by the time we opened we had a scripted show now i will say in scenes in scenes like that like in hair when jonathan kind of goes off the rails that is a moment where we allow that actor to be like okay you know do what you want but keep it in the same general idea because with queer eye it's everything is scripted and everything has to happen for a reason. The songs flow beat for a reason. So we wanted to make sure that while we are at an improv theater, we are very adamant that this is a scripted musical. And I think a lot of people got confused when they went to go see it originally. And they're like, Oh, I thought this was going to be improvised, but I'm hoping, and I'm assuming everyone coming out of it is thrilled and and happy with what they ended up seeing. I thought it was a blast. And I have to say, if you're not, because there are people who don't watch Queer Eye, right? I watched the early version of Queer Eye, the first totally. cast, Carson Kressley and Jay Rodriguez and those guys. Um, but I, I, I haven't watched the new one, uh, although my partner does watch that and loves it. But the good news is if you don't watch it, you teach me who these people, I mean, I get the premise. Everybody should get the premise, but you teach us who they are. So it's okay if I didn't watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a structured show in the sense of, it's catered to everyone. If you love the show, then you have an even more of a reason to love the parody because we're just heightening these real people, right? And then if you don't uh, know the show, you go in with uh, a structure of an episode. So you are being taught who they are all who they all are in the first five minutes. You get an opening number song that describes what's happening. And then from there on, I feel like you just get, we've, we, you've trusted us to let you understand who's leading the show and then and then it takes you on that journey. So I think that anyone can see that show and it and there's no excuse. Even if you're like, I've never seen the new one. I'm like, mm, that doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jules, I'm going to unfairly come to you with this. I know you've seen Queer Eye and stuff. I got to tell you, all of you guys can sing because there's music in almost everything you guys do. But in in hearing these voices, and I'm so if you unless you haven't seen it, let me know. But I haven't the, seen it. I'm okay, well then, Evan, the nice. voices in queer, it's like you have to have a separate vocal audition because those voices are amazing in that show. With all due respect to the fact that everybody at Second City can sing. Well, abs- I mean, absolutely, right? It's like queer eye, the musical parody. The word the mu- a musical is in there. It's like our goal when we casted the show was musical theater people. Um, well-trained singers and i mean we got a stacked cast we got we have nine incredible performers i mean the show wouldn't exist without those nine performers and like each one of them brings such a unique uh voice into that show and so yeah the auditioning process was pretty um was pretty tough you know we we had them not only do they have to sing and then they have to um dance somewhat but they had to emulate caricatures of people who actually exist Mm -hmm. so it was a lot it's a lot harder to cast a show when you're basing them off of real people now the secondary characters that they were they were so fun to cast um but yeah yeah this the uh, i'm very grateful for the talent that we have in that cast because they are all tremendously incredible singers that's the magic of it. Let's go back to do the do the right thing before we are out of time. And Jules, I have to say you as you as you you know watched Queer Eye and 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 think about that show. Do you would you say you know what I am just happy doing the improv stuff we do, or I wouldn't mind doing that scripted show one day? I'm I'm looking oh. for the mindset of somebody who's at Second City. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, my, I went to acting school. I went to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. I went for acting. I, I sang there. I danced. So I'm, I'm a fan of it all. So, and, and even if I'm not as strong as I could be, I will take the challenge and I will work towards it. So that's kind of my cup of tea is, is all of it. And Evan, I know both of you write and everybody in Second City writes, but writing the writing the scripted musical different from writing the kind of things you do. So out of curiosity, is there where do you come alive? Would you look and say, I'm going to write the next Dark Shadows, the musical or somebody should write that uh, or, or, is it, or is it like, no, no, I actually prefer the improv and the interaction we do on that. No, I, 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 I Jules can probably back back me up on this, too. I am so in love with writing music and writing lyrics and, and write, and I, I want to write a Broadway show so badly. Like I want to, I want to write music for movies where like the movie wasn't a musical, but you know, like in Barb and star where there's just like a random musical number. I'm like, let that be me. I want to write that uh-huh. Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel pops up all these new movies and I'm always like, okay, s- sir, move over. Let me, let me try one. Let me do a Moana. Okay. But let me do a Filipino Moana and like, let me, like, let me in here. Um, but yeah, I, as much as I love the improv and the sketch, like, I think my heart is truly like right there with like lyricism and, and writing music and, and all that stuff. Um- do you guys, is Second City a dream for you, Jules? I mean, do you, I mean, everybody talks about it because everybody went there, but do you look and say, yeah, that's what this is about? You're like, nah, if I get there, I get there. If I don't, I'm happy. If I get there, I get there. If I don't, I'm happy. Um, I know my worth. I know my talent. And uh, wherever it takes me is where I'm supposed to be. So I'm very happy with where I'm at right now. And uh, I'll be very happy where I where I go on from there. Well, as I said, there's something about you guys that really is. And I just, look, I've been watching second city for as long as it's been on almost. And, um, and, and you really, there's a, there's something about you guys that you, you just fit in that world, which is so good. Evan, how about you? What's, what's the ultimate goal is like, get me to New York. Cause like, I'm good here. Yeah. I mean like what you were talking about earlier, right. Of like, when you list that alumni list of people and, and it is that thing, like Jules was saying, it's like every, every once in a while, you kind of have to just remind yourself, you kind of have to walk through the hallways and look at the photos and, and see who has been on that stage before you. Cause it, it, the job, you know, you can get very um, comfortable with it, but you have to remember like it comes and it goes and it's a blip and um, for me, it was like an absolute dream come true um, to do a show uh, on a stage where, you know, all the greats have performed on. And so I'm so happy and so grateful with this cast and this show. And if I get to do another one, you know, that'd be incredible. But I think, yeah, I think my end goal is like New York or L.A. Um, I love Chicago, but I think um, my heart really, really wants to go to New York. Um but I'm not opposed to LA either. Well, we, we like you here. Uh, do the right <laughs> thing. No worries. If not is playing at second city on an open run and uh, queer eye, the parody musical parody is, uh, uh, is only playing throughout August 28th uh, tickets at secondcity.com, secondcity.com. Don't miss them. They are such fantastic shows. Uh, Jules Morales, you're fabulous. Thank you so much. Evan, do you speak Tagalog? I don't, but my entire family does. And I can understand it, but Tagalog is, is something that I'm still learning. Well, I'll impress you. Salamat talaga. Good to see you. And uh, uh, I salamat. have learned it. And <laughs> <laughs> so my thanks to both of you. Break legs every night on stage. Evan, enjoy the rest of your vacation. And we'll see you all at Second City soon.
Thank you so much. Right. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain.